Hello, and welcome to Marlboro Learning Together at a Distance, conversations about our coronavirus experience. I'm your host, Dr. Katherine Atwell, Dean of Student Research at Marlboro and a member of the History Department. This pod is a production of the Sherry and Ed Glazer Center for Entrepreneurship and Innovation. We created this podcast as an opportunity for all of us in the Marlboro community to reflect on and share what we've been doing, feeling, seeing, enjoying, and missing while we've been at home quarantining to prevent the spread of the coronavirus that causes COVID-19. Marlboro's community is strong and smart and distinctive and diverse. So in each episode, we'll hear from different members of the Marlboro community, including current students, teachers, staff, school leaders, alums, parents, trustees, and more. They'll share stories about how they're coping and sometimes not coping so well with the pandemic. And in the process, we'll learn about some of the creative ways that Marlboro teachers and students are learning together at a distance. The goal of this pod is to connect our community while also recording for future generations some oral history about our experiences right now. We're living through an unprecedented time, at least for most of us, a time with the potential to profoundly reshape our world, our country, our city, and our school. COVID-19 is bringing out the best and at times the worst in humanity. Luckily, at Marlboro, we have the resources, and that includes each and every one of us to be leaders in this new educational environment and to weather this pandemic, coming out the other end stronger and more full of laughter and life than before. So let's get started with this episode. For this episode, I'm so delighted to be joined by the founders of Concerts for COVID, which was a, and is, a group of students who are putting on live concerts via Zoom for not only the Marlboro community, but for the broader community in Los Angeles and beyond. I'm going to have each one of them introduce themselves and tell you a little bit about where and how this incredible initiative got off the ground. Hi, I'm Zoe, and I'm in 10th grade. I'm Lucy. I'm also in 10th grade, class of 2022. Hi, I'm Harrison, and I'm also in 10th grade. Thank you. And could you tell us a little bit about what Concerts for COVID is, the initiative that you've put together? So Concerts for COVID is really, I don't even know how to describe it because to me, it's my baby. So describing it to everybody else is like saying it's bringing our passions together. We, the three of us and the four other people who have walked through it, through it step-by-step with us, we combined our love of music with our passion to help people in our community and really in just our country. And we put them together to try to just do something a little bit magical and that's what happened. Yeah so right now we've only had one but our plan is to host a series of Zoom benefit concerts where we uh, try to raise money um, or have successfully raised money for uh, different organizations that are helping people in need during this crisis. It is seven yeah seven people on the board who are running it but It was Zoe's original idea. She looped us all in and really it is truly her baby. And we're all just uh, so lucky to be a part of it. And it's really satisfying to know that we're actually making a difference during this time. So to be clear, you've had one concert thus far. And could you tell me a little bit about when that happened and what it was like? 
So the concert happened last Sunday. It was about an hour and a half. And the performers consisted of some Marlboro girls who we asked because we know how talented they are, but also family friends from around Los Angeles. And we even had an artist from Nashville come and join. And then a family friend of mine who's a known artist, Charlotte Lawrence came in and she was like our headliner. So she really brought in a lot of viewers and a lot of excitement to the project. And how many people or viewers did you have? Do you have a, do you know? It was 127, oh wait, no, sorry, 142 was our high, but we had a lot of technical difficulties. We had about, four, was it 250 people sign up? Yeah, we, we sent out a survey link. Um, we put it in our Instagram a few weeks, or not a few weeks, a few days prior. And we had all these issues with Gmail and it sent, sometimes people got the link after the concert was over. So we had a lot more people signed up to come than actually were able to join, but still super successful for our first concert. And how much money did you raise? We raised um, 8000 and I think it $8,300 roughly was the total, but um, Zoe can double check me on that one. I'm pretty sure it's $8,575. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. And to be clear, our initial goal before we started any of this was $1,000, like maybe $1,500. Then when we got into the Zoom, we had already raised that before the concert even started. So we upped our goal to, what was it? $5,000, $6,000. And then we just surpassed that. And that was, it was just crazy. So insane. How do you collect the money? Harrison, do you want to take this one? Sure. We, so this uh, concert, we decided to donate all the proceeds to Feeding America. But each concert, we're going to change what charity the proceeds go to. So we created a page on Feeding America's website where people could go and donate money. And it was a page that basically said concerts for COVID and it had our mission statement and what we were trying to accomplish. That is brilliant. So you, you had a partnership then with the organization and they were able to help facilitate the collection of donations. That's very smart because that, that infrastructure would have been incredibly challenging to put together otherwise. Yeah, especially, especially now. I know Harrison has all the information on this so she can explain further. But it's right now, specifically, it's crazy with trying to open up bank accounts and funnel money into different organizations. I know Harrison's been doing a lot of work on that for us, though. So props to her. Um, as Lucy said, it's difficult to open up bank accounts um, currently during this crisis for charity organizations. So our goal is to be able to partner with charities and be able to create a website with those charities so we don't have to open up a bank account and that way the money just goes straight to the charities and the people in need. Yeah, and adding on to Harrison, that became a really big factor in like which organization we would donate to because we wanted to make sure like the money was going straight through and people were still getting like a tax deductible. So we could really only choose like a bigger organization, which is great anyway, because then more people know it and it does more good anyway. Wonderful. So it sounds like each of you play a kind of a different role within the organizational structure. Is that fair to say? I would say so for sure. And what do each of you do? Well, okay. So I'm going to start with Lucy because she was like totally our artist management for this concert. It was perfect. 
I would ask her in a day, I'd be like, hey, who do you got? Like, who's confirmed? She'd be like, okay, everyone has their song and we have mission statements and we're ready to go and they're excited. It was perfect. Like she always had it down. Yeah, I would definitely say I was more on the artist side of things, like making sure that they got all the information that they needed and just trying to keep everything organized. Zoe would definitely handle more of the bigger picture stuff, like actually finding the artists that we may originally want to reach out to and contacting the people who were uh, signing up via our survey. Zoe kind of had a hand in everything. Um, And then Harrison also did music stuff, but worked so hard, as we said before, on making sure that our donations were actually going to be done in a super easy and efficient way. Totally. And Harrison actually kind of acted as an advisor for a lot of stuff. Like she always had good answers to questions or like, because I don't know anything about finance. I don't even have a bank account. So I'd be like, Harrison, what do you know about this topic? She'd always have a good answer. And for example, Allie did a lot of work on our social media page in creating different posts. That way we could advertise who our headliners were going to be. And we could do it in a way to build up suspense and get a bigger following. So that way we could raise more money for Feeding America. Our other members, Allie, Sophia, Gia, and Avery, all also kind of worked within this web. It was very fluid. We were all doing everything because it came together so quickly. Yeah, a lot of the times it came down to like, who has a free hour and can do this for us or who has this skill already and is passionate about that. It sounds like all of you brought your own particular skills and areas of expertise to the table. Could you describe a little bit about what it was like to collaborate? So personally, I had a lot of fun collaborating with these people. When I sent out the text, like, who wants to do this? I put it on like a story of mine that's private and with people that I know really well. And I also know have the same kind of drive and passion as I do, like like most Marlboro girls do. Uh, so it was really fun because at least for me, I got to work with all my friends and experience our friendships in a whole new way. Oh, and I was also going to say that I feel as if by the time that we started promoting on our story, I feel like a lot of the people in our grade, in different grades, specifically at Marlboro, I felt it a lot, were actually promoting it as well. And that was something that I didn't really anticipate because it was great to work with these people who I'm friends with, like Harris and I were on council together. So I already knew that we were a great team, but It was so amazing to see so many people in the grade who weren't even involved in it immediately latch onto our idea and help us promote it. Really, that just shows the power of social media these days. We could spread the word so much quicker because of them. And were you all part of the same friend group um, initially, or did this really kind of spread beyond just, just a few tight groups? I think it definitely spread beyond friend groups. The good thing about Marlboro's, I feel like everyone in our grade is pretty much at least friends, if not like great friends or like sisters, you know? So the nice part was like, oh, we might not all be in the same friend group, but we're all good friends and we all know each other. Do you feel like you got to know each other in a different way as a result of this process? Um, I think that we got to know each other in a completely different way because we're used to interacting whether that be on a friendship basis or in class, working on a project. But this was a completely different type of project where we had to like promote a concert and it took a completely different set of skills. So you were really able to see different skills that people were 
good at doing like I didn't know Lucy was as good as she was at like managing artists like she said I have worked on council with her but I had never seen that side of her where she would manage artists and um, I've never seen the side of Zoe being the quote-unquote boss which was a cool side to see because I normally just see these girls at school. Great. So Zoe, you were the first one to come up with this idea. Could you tell us a little bit about where the idea came from and how long the process took to get everybody on board and to put on your first concert? Totally. So obviously right now everyone is using Zoom in such a different way. And I was really inspired by how creative people are getting with it and how they are just using it as a tool to interact with people, whether it be like across the street, Harrison and I are basically neighbors or across the country. I've Zoomed with friends in New York, Um, but there was really a concert that my mom's good family friend started and he's a little different. He's a music manager and he's been doing these Zoom concerts for like two and a half months now. And it's a really beautiful display of like how people can come together and share music and donate. And I think they've raised over a million dollars. And so, yeah, I saw that and I was blown away. And I was thinking, well, we might not be at a million dollars, but, you know, we can make our own like small town version of what they're doing. And that was really the inspiration. I love how kind of grassroots it is. I I don't know exactly what the word would be, Marlboro Roots. Um, you know, that it, it kind of just came from an inspiration that you had had and you were able to leverage the resources in our community to bring something like this together. Um, and those resources above uh, all are your friends, right? And um, so that that's, uh, I think, really, really inspirational for a lot of people. So did you perform as well? Any of you? No, but we have been trying to get Lucy on the lineup since day one. Like we've been doing meetings for five and a half weeks now. Every time we're like, Lucy, performing question mark. And it is coming. I will perform. I just, I, I couldn't do it the first time. There's too much going into the planning side of it. But now that we have our grounding, now that we are, you know, we know that it works. I am 100% able, like, will be able and willing to step away from the artist manager position and go into the uh, performer position. That would be fun. Great. Do you know what you want to perform? Have you thought about it yet? Well, it's, it's hard because honestly, we have to think about our performances as trying to capture the audience that we're trying to like reel in. So we had a lot of our artists before, like on our first concert, sing oldies, like songs that our parents um, would love and be like, oh my gosh, that's great. I love that song. I will donate because I love that song. And we were just using that that managing tactic. Um, <laughs> I think that was, was that your idea, Zoe? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'd probably sing something uh, from my parents' time, maybe a little U2. Um, it's my dad's favorite band, something like that. That is brilliant. You clearly know where the money's coming from. You got it. You got to do your your demographic research. That's fantastic. Lucy, our parents are the same person. Were there uh, a lot of Marlboro students uh, who tuned in as well, or was it mostly uh, older people? It was a lot of Marlboro students. There was obviously because of the technical difficulties, it would have been a lot more. But I would say there was thirty Marlboro people on there, including. Yeah. 
That's awesome. I'm sure you'll get more once the uh, technical difficulties get ironed out and, you know, word spreads about how successful this one was. Hopefully this podcast will add a little bit to that. So you said you had some technical difficulties. Could you describe what those were and how you address them? I think because we're all in now in Zoom school and we're all facing technical difficulties pretty much every day in some way. Um, were you tempted to mass email the Zoom link approximately 10 to 15 minutes before the concert out to everyone that had replied to the survey because the survey collected the email addresses of all the people that would like to tune into the concert, but several people did not receive the email until about an hour after the concert had finished, which made it difficult because those we didn't know that the people were not all getting the links. So people were trying to reach out to us. So every time someone would reach out to us, we'd do our best to get them the link, whether that be through DMs on Instagram or an email, um, whatever way was possible to make sure they could tune in. Yeah. And this was specifically, if Gio were here, she was like the master mind and she worked so hard to get all of those emails out she had to create a gmail account and then it kicked her out and wouldn't let her use it so she had to create another one and then she had to send it must have been around 250 emails personally like send each one of them I I was incredibly impressed and also I know during the concert uh, Allie and Sophia were both responding to DMs because people on Instagram would also DM us and say oh I didn't get the link is it happening so I think during the performance you know although we all wanted to enjoy the concert as much as we could everyone was running behind the scenes trying to make sure that it was running smoothly I got multiple texts from Zoe from Avery making sure that things were going smoothly and people were actually being able to get in. And also, didn't we have a muting problem? Like we were working so hard behind the scenes. Like I did not see anyone's face unless I was like introducing them. I was on my phone the whole time, but there were a lot of fans of Charlotte Lawrence on there because she was She has such a big name now, especially in LA. And so people would like unmute themselves after I had muted them and would like shout out to her during her songs. And it was so mortifying, especially like, I love you, Charlotte. Oh my God, great song choice. And we were like, uh. And you don't want to kick them out because they're a fan. But I'm also like, please be quiet. And then there was our, like the, the chat function on Zoom was blowing up with people just not talking about the concert and we had to respectfully redirect their attention. I think the problem with having, uh, because we did have a reach beyond Marlboro because of Charlotte specifically, because she's so big named. She has almost a million Instagram followers over, I don't even know how many millions of Spotify listeners a month. And because she's so huge, our reach automatically went beyond Marlboro. So we had people that we didn't know talking. So we had to, that was a weird aspect, but. Yeah, no, Lucy's so right. We had to like talk to people on a chat. Like I was typing to some girl who was so excited. She was crying, but she kept like doing it with her sound off. So you couldn't hear Charlotte. So like we had to tell her like, we love your enthusiasm. We're so happy you're here, but we also want to make sure the other hundred people get to hear her. And she was super understanding. It's just all technical difficulties and not knowing when you're on mute and when you're not. 
So aside from the technical difficulties, what do you think you learned from this particular concert? And is there anything you wish you had done differently that you might want to work on for the next concert? I feel like there is something, but it was just, it was so much fun that I don't really remember if like there were real issues. I think something that I learned from the whole experience was how if you really are dedicated to doing something and making a difference, you can pull it off. And that's so Disney cliche, but we really only formed our concert in the matter of two and a half, three weeks. And it's just crazy. When Zoe first told me about this idea, once I had agreed that I really wanted to help, I was kind of thinking to myself, is May 17th too soon? Are we actually going to be able to pull it off by that date? And the fact that we were able to pull it off because we all put in a lot of hard work to make it happen. And the artists did too. It just shows that you can be successful if you really put 110% into doing something. And people will appreciate that, recognize that. And obviously our donations mirror that, I think, because people actually did want to help. That's really well put. Thank you. Our goal as um, the concerts continue is to get bigger and bigger headliners every concert. So we're hoping to accomplish that by growing our name and also from living in LA. Some of us know producers or other people in the entertainment business, which can help us get these big, drawing these big headliners to perform for future concerts. Yeah. Adding on to both of those, I think something else was the more you do, especially if it's like from your heart, the better it's going to be. Like every little thing we added made the concert so much more authentic and real to us and just like a folksy atmosphere almost, even though we weren't with anyone, I felt like I was sitting with my friends the whole time. Oh, that's fantastic. So when is the next concert? Have you figured that out yet? Are you in the planning phases? What's happening? Definitely in the planning phases, but it will be June 14th. We're going to try to do it like month to month. Oh, great. And we already have some artists lined up. I think we have our first band um, because we all did solo artists last time. And I think we're going to experiment with screen sharing uh, because obviously it'd be hard to sync up the audio of a a drummer, a singer, a bassist, guitarist. So we're going to try to screen share. uh, You know, we're giving ourselves a little bit more time than we did the first time because we saw these kinks. We're going to work them out. And then we're also going to expand upon um, our idea. And how are you finding the performers? A lot of them actually found us, especially for this next concert. People reached out because they just really understood what we were doing and wanted to be a part of it. And for our first performance, it was a lot of who do you know, who do you love, that kind of thing. You should definitely leverage the Marlboro community as well, because you never know who knows somebody else. And I think that after hearing what you've already accomplished, people are definitely going to want to help some more. And that leads me to my next question, which is, what are some ways that people can get involved to support Concerts for COVID? People can get involved any way they want. We will take all the help we can give, whether it's just putting on your story or coming to meetings and helping. Like we have an organization that's actually friends of mine that really wants to be a part of it and wants to partner with us so that both of our organizations can benefit. I think also um, reaching out uh, because there are so many ways to help right now beyond our concerts for COVID. 
because, you know, this is just one outlet. This is just one direction that we're going in and helping. But if anything, if you have like a passion beyond what we're doing, then go in that direction as well. Obviously, you can help by spreading the word by being there. That's probably the most baseline way that you can help concerts for COVID grow. But, you know, if you want to perform, we still need performers. We're still trying to fill up some of these concerts. And, you know, if you know that your grandmother is looking for, you know, some way to donate uh, to help this crisis, then, you know, send her our direction. We're just like, it's basically right now by word of mouth, friend to friend, just trying to spread our little concerts to a bigger audience. Great. And thinking more generally about the experience and relating it to your uh, life at Marlboro, is there anything that you think your experiences with Concerts for COVID could apply to our situation right now at Marlboro, learning together at a distance? I mean, personally, I think that this project was such a fun way to like engage all of us. I mean, it was don't get me wrong, it was a lot of work and it was hard, but I personally enjoyed every minute minute of it. And I think if more of our projects were like based on what's going on right now and really understood how to use Zoom because it's not regular class and it's not regular life. And I think understanding that is the best way to incorporate it into school. Oh, that's really helpful advice. Thank you. Other thoughts? I feel like, you know, the further we get into this crisis, like, we don't know whether or not we'll be returning to school in the fall. We don't know if we do return to school, if it will go back to normal immediately, or if there will be changes that need to be made. Basically, I feel like right now is all about flexibility and compromise. So I feel like, you know, in the Marlboro community, when we're learning, I feel like there are some teachers who understand and change the way that we're learning because of this crisis and other teachers who do it less so everyone is helping and everyone is understanding that this is a major issue that we're all going through and everyone has different like levels of commitment because they physically cannot be with each other but I think just knowing that you know it extends beyond you know May 27th it extends beyond our last day of school. It's also a place where the community can come together because everyone is bringing up that topic. How can we bring the community together? How can we do this together? Because a big part of this whole pandemic is that you're not alone. And this is a chance to bring together people from across the country. Like we said, we had someone performing from Tennessee. There's a ton of people in LA that participated. And this allows us to bring a community together to share in the passion of music while feeling joy that they're able to take part in a concert because we're not allowed to um, go out of our houses or go to big concerts, which a lot of people love to do. That emphasis on joy, I think, is so lovely and really does also apply to our lives uh, together as a Marlboro community, uh, learning together at a distance, right? So how can we continue to cultivate those moments of joy? How can we connect with each other? And music is a great way to do it. You know, activities and initiatives like you've come up with, uh, and then also finding those moments to connect within your classes, with your teachers, with your friends and others. So I really want to thank you for all of the things that you have shared with us today. Are there any final thoughts that you have or ideas you'd like to put forward before we end today? 
I think just that we're all in this together, um, which is so obvious and everyone's been saying it, but it's really important. And I feel like if Concerts for COVID has taught me one thing, it's that we can be together even if we're not physically together. We can have a common goal and we can reach that goal and top that goal if we all like unite together. Wonderful. So once again, when is your next concert? June 14th. Great. And how will we know about the concert and how can we make sure that we subscribe? You can follow us on Instagram at Concerts for COVID. And yes, we will be probably doing another survey. So you can um, you can make sure you secure your spot. And yes, we will make sure that the survey email actually works this time. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Zoe, Luce Harrison. This has been just a delight to talk with each of you. So have a great weekend and stay safe. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Bye, thank you. So that's it for this installment of Marlboro Together at a Distance. I'm Dr. Atwell, and thanks so much for listening. I hope you'll tune in next time to hear more about how our Marlboro community is living and learning through the coronavirus experience. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or suggest someone to be interviewed, please email me at katherine.atwell at marlboro.org. This show is a production of the Sherry and Ed Glazer Center for Entrepreneurship and Innovation. Our producer and the composer of our theme song is the amazing Eric Weza. Thanks so much, Eric, for all of your hard work on this and all projects in the CEI. Thanks also to Regina Rosie Mitchell, the director of the CEI, and of course, Dr. Sands and the rest of Marlboro's incredible administrative team for supporting us all as we learn together at a distance. See you next time.